Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. Anybody got your, uh, I, I need your thumbs and your fingers to be like ready to go, all right? This is limbered up, gross. Uh, we're going, no, and we're going to uh, talk about something I've talked about before, Um and uh, this is something that I have continually shared to uh, our staff and, um, and, and then continually shared to our uh, at, at team night um, as well. So some of these things you have heard before. This is why the, uh, I, I want to share this stuff again. Um, when you continually talk about something, it becomes more cemented uh, in your heart and in your life, and when that happens, that's what builds a biblical culture in our church. Uh, obviously, it needs to be surrounded by the Bible. You know, you can't. Uh, but um, but those things um, don't just happen. So that's why as, like, I'm just, this is just another thing on leadership. Uh, that's why parents have to continually say stuff if you want your kids to do things. One time does not work. And if you think one time works, you're going to be always frustrated all the time. But I don't understand how we, we, ha- we understand that for parenting. We don't understand that for leadership. Like, you don't understand that at your job. You don't understand that with friends. You don't understand that in marriage. You don't understand. You have to continually talk about things so that they can take deep root if they're important and if they are something that you feel like God has brought in uh, into your life, you have to continually talk about them. I, I've heard this said before that vision leaks. So what that means is uh, j- just all the time, if you don't have the faucet of vision pouring into your life, what happens is at some point you will forget why you're doing what you're doing. And you will be dry and empty, and you will quit doing that thing that was so important at one time. And so what I want to talk about is this idea uh, for our church of leadership when we talk about the seven eyes. There, um, there are words that start with I. It's not anything fancy. It's just words that start with I. But they highlight different pieces in our culture uh, as it goes to leadership in our church. But it's not just leadership in our church. This can be in leadership in anything. This can be uh, at your job. This could be in your family. This could be leading yourself. Uh, These things will encourage each and every one who is listening to this or is here in the room at this point. This will be something that will be great for you. Because I was even reading through it again, and uh, I, I was feeling more encouraged. Like, oh, yeah, like these are things that we need to focus on. These are the things that we, um, we hold very closely and very dearly in our church. Okay, so everybody ready? Okay, here we go. Uh, first one is introspective. Introspective. You look inside first if there's a problem. Meaning that if there is something wrong with whatever situation you're dealing with, you don't point outside and say, they're the problem introspection and being introspective means first there's something maybe or possibly or probably that I could do better as a leader 
to get us where we need to go. It's a defeatist attitude to point around to everybody you're leading all the time and say they're the problem, my kids are the problem, my boss is the problem, or the people I'm leading are the problem, or my spouse is the problem. or that we, we can get so quickly pointing to everything else. What happens is that we're really good at seeing weaknesses in others, and we're not really good at seeing weaknesses in ourselves. Or we're good at giving ourselves a pass, but holding a high standard to everybody else in our life. And we're like, oh, well, I didn't really mean it, but they for sure meant it. You know, you know what I mean? And so as a leader, you have to kill that in yourself, and you have to be able to look inside of yourself and say, okay, what did I do that needs to be fixed? Now, if you go too far that way, you'll start beating yourself up. That is not healthy. That is something where you say, poor old me, I did this wrong, I did this wrong, I did this wrong, I did this wrong. No, there, it, when you get into a situation, there always takes two people, and it's always somebody, it's, somebody's got a part to play in everything. And so understand that. But first and foremost, it's more important that we look inside of ourselves and say, what stuff needs to change? So we're not allowed to say in our church, they don't do. They won't do that. When we're talking about different people that we lead, they won't do that. What we do say is we haven't led them there yet. So it's really healthy to say with your kids, they don't, oh, they won't do that. It's, it's actually more healthy to say, I haven't led them there yet. To, 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 so you are able to say, I can change, I can be better, instead of falling down and giving all the power of change away because you're pointing to everybody else and saying, well, they're the reason, they're the problem, and because you can't make anybody else change, you can only change yourself, what happens is when you start pointing to everybody else and saying they're the problem, you give away the power to change. And that's how you get frustrated and that's how people quit marriages, and that's how people quit families, and that's how people quit jobs, and that's how people quit churches, and that's how people quit moving forward because they're so frustrated because nothing's going to change because the onus is on the other person instead of being introspective and saying, okay, how can I change? And not falling into the blame game. And this, this is what helps you be self-aware. Not self-focused, but self-aware. And those are two different things. Everybody hear me. Those are two different things. Self-focused and self-aware are two different things. Self-focused is all about coddling yourself. Self-awareness is about knowing yourself. Two different things. And when you're introspective, you're like, oh, this is a weakness, Ben. This is a thing that you know you need to change. This is a thing, Ben, that you know you need to work on. So let's, let's start working on it so it helps you as a leader not be so frustrated with the people that you're leading. A frustrated leader is a hard leader to follow. And, and it, I'm telling you, it, when I'm frustrated with my son, it, it, it's not usually having a great conversation at that moment when I'm frustrated with him. I just start getting, I just need to back it down a little bit. Okay, what can I do? What can I do? 
even with a five-year-old, what can I do better? Right? And every one of us would be like, no, that little five-year-old needs to do it. Well, yeah, he's got his stuff. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not the perfect dad. There are things that I can do that would be better. And so let's, let's lead like that. Let's, let's be those people that is not so scared to look at ourselves and say, I can get better. Instead of passing the buck, saying, when they get better, everything gets better. No, let's be the leaders that say, I can get better. There's definitely something. Okay, next one. Initiative. Is this too hard? Everybody, you good for this? All right. Okay, good. All right, because this is, this is like the big leadership. This is the stuff that really helps you move forward. Next one, initiative. I'm going to try to go as fast as I can. Initiative. What things need to be done that you're not being told to do? Take initiative. This is a great, uh, this is a great leader who is able to do things before they have to do them. In every, spend time with God before you're so desperate and crying and broken and saying there's nothing else that I can do except pray. Don't let prayer be a last resort. Let it be a first response. Where's the initiative? Budget your money before you run into problems. Work on your issues with your kids before they start becoming these things that feel like they're out of control. Start working on stuff. Put healthy things in your marriage before your marriage starts feeling really rocky. This is initiative kind of leadership. I'm going to do things before I'm being told to do them. I'm going to look for things that I need to do. Being proactive, being on the front foot, playing like I'm looking for things that I can get into before I have to. I'm, I'm telling you, when you can be more aggressive in the things that God has called us to be, what happens is that initiative starts giving you momentum, and then all of a sudden you're not playing defense all the time, and you're not always trying to say, oh, I got to block this and I got to block that and I got to block this. Now you're on this offensive move where you're seeing more growth and more things happening. Does it mean you don't have fights? No, you do have fights. There are things that you have to work through, but this initiative helps you get into places that you need to be instead of only sitting back and thinking, well, this is really great. I'm just waiting for the next ball to drop. Initiative. Like, what things am I not seeing right now? It's, it's much easier to pump the brakes than to push something forward. So don't let perfectionism stop you from starting. Don't let fear stop you from starting. Don't let laziness stop you from starting. Don't wait for that starter pistol. Just start running. Ask God, God, God show me some stuff that I have not seen yet. Take that initiative. All right, next one, inclusive. Anybody can do a job but we want to bring others with us. We want to be inclusive. We never just think what, we think who first. We don't think what, we think who. We don't think what do I need to do, we think who can do it with me. The problem with inclusiveness is a lot of times what it, um, what it not only entails, but what it demands is a person with good self-esteem. Because if you don't have a healthy self-esteem, you won't ask anybody to, to join you. If you don't have a healthy self-esteem, you'll start saying, people don't want to be around me. People always say no. 
people don't want to uh, to come with me, so I'll just do it by myself. And I'm, I'm telling you, that low self-esteem will stop you from being the person that God wants you to be because God wants you to be a person that draws people in, that just doesn't do a good job for yourself. See, some of us just think all I need to do is achieve this one thing or do this one thing, but God's not so much interested in the thing you do. He's more interested in the people that you do it with. He's interested in the people that come with you. We want to be disciple. God didn't say go into all the world and do a thing. He said, go in all the world and make disciples. And so what that means is everything that we do has to be, uh, it has to be people fo- focused, not task focused. And so if you're worried, if you're um, thinking about, well, I got to do this thing over here and I got to do this thing over here and, and this thing and, that, and, and it's all about task and it's not about people, what happens is we're starting to miss the person that God is wanting us to be. Somebody that Pull somebody along with us. Because the truth is, somebody made a room for you. Somebody made room for you. Somewhere, some, some way. Somebody decided that a task wasn't more important than you. And so that's why you're here. Or that's why you're listening at this moment. And so we want to make sure that we're the same kind of leaders. We're the inclusive leaders. Who can I bring in the fold? Every job we have in this place is first and foremost about developing people and discipling people. It is not about the job. It's about who I can involve. So when you hear something, the first thing you want to hear in your mind is who, not what. What do I need to do? No, no, no. Who do I need to do it with? Next one, instructional. We're going fast. We delegate, but we don't dump. We delegate, but we don't dump. That means that instructions must go with the people that we're trying to develop. Instructions. We, we, how good are we at teaching? If we want a job done, I've said this a bunch of times, uh, if we want a job done right, we don't do it ourselves, we teach better. We, we got to be an, a really good at instructions. So if you want to be good at instructions, you got to have patience. And you also need to make sure that the only communication, don't let the only communication you have with a person when you're trying to give them instructions are, is about how they did it wrong. Let them also see things that they've done right. So be able to have that kind of communication. Also, though, let them know when they've missed it. Don't let your inability to hear feedback stop you from giving feedback to other people. Because there's sometimes, I, I have seen leaders who are not good at hitting, getting feedback, so what they do with the people that, are, uh, that they're trying to lead, they don't give them feedback. All they give them is encouragement. And so what that does is that creates this false sense of, hey, just tell me how good I am all the time. And if you always do that, I'll follow you. But the moment that you tell me that I've done something wrong, I'm out of here. You're creating that kind of environment. And that's not, good. That's not a good way to instruct people. My, my son will do this sometimes. He'll, he'll do something and he'll say, look at, look at what I did, Dad. Did I do a good job? Because what he wants more than anything is affirmation. And so that's okay. He's five years old. He needs a lot of affirmation. But 
also, he does not only need affirmation. He also needs course correction. And what I'm working on with him at five years old is, Watson, I want to make sure that you're able to hear when I say do it like this, not like that, as well as hearing great job, you're doing awesome, I'm so proud of you. And that is an instruction, that, that's the way that you have to instruct people. You can't have too heavy on either one. You can't beat them down and only tell them how they've done wrong. And you can't sit there and be this hype person that is only interested in telling them how good they are because you're so weak, you need people around you all the time. And you think the only way that I can have them around me if I tell them how great they are all the time. And if I tell them that they need to course correct, they'll leave. I'm just, I'm just telling you, it's, it's a very weak way to lead people. You won't have good leaders behind you. You will have people who just need to hear how great they are all the time. And when we're trying to instruct people, you need to have both. You need to have really great encouragement and affirmation and really great Direct course correction. And the only way that you can be good at doing that with the people that you lead is making sure that you're good at receiving those kind of things as a person. So if you get prickly everybody, every time somebody tells you something that you did wrong, you need to change. You, you, you've got to be more open. I would say one of the best ways you can do this when you're talking about instruction is just build into the culture of yourself and the people you lead. Have them ask, hey, what is one thing I could do better? How many times do you say that? How, ma how many times do you say that to the people that lead you? How many times do people say that to you for the people that you're leading? That, that's one of the best things, the most healthy things I can see in when we're talking about instruction is having, I, I'm, I, I'm praying for the moment that my son says that. He's not there yet. He's working on that. But I, I, I want that to be a part of our culture as a family. Hey, what's one thing I can do better, Dad? Want, I want that. So I'm praying for that. That's a big one. It's, it, it, it means there's a lot of humility in the person that's being led. It means that there's hunger to be uh, taught. That means there is um, just a lot of things that even that we're praying for uh, over and over for our church. Okay, next one. Um, oh, man. Okay, next one, instinctive. What this means is that we want to have the culture of our church so permeating through the people that we are and the people that we lead that you don't need a step-by-step. -step. You already are starting to feel like something needs to change because it's instinctive in you. Meaning, like, uh, if you see something that needs to be done, what do you do? You build a team. Instinctively, you start building a team. You don't start just doing it yourself. While that's nice and good, and that's, that's good instinct to see, like, oh, there's a need, fill it. That's good instinct. But the even better instinct is to say, hey, let me build a team right quick. Because it's all about who, who I'm bringing with. 
in this moment to do the thing that I need to do. It becomes instinctive. When you start feeling like something in the room, even like in service, when you start feeling like things are sleepy or things aren't, uh, things aren't passionate like we enjoy them and want them to be in our services. What we do as leaders is we start shifting the atmosphere because we understand that we are not thermometers, we're thermostats. And so we're making sure right now, instinctively, I'm starting to feel this is not right. This doesn't feel encouraging. This feels like everybody's sitting in a really boring lecture. What is this? This is not, this doesn't feel alive with the Spirit of God. So I'm going to pray for a little bit and try to get myself right. And then I'm going to start shifting the atmosphere. That's instinctive. No one told you to do that you just feel it and so this is a great and these are the ones the instinctive is the one where you like you you've got to put yourself in front of the lord and say god i i want to feel these things before i'm even told about them also it means you're getting closer and closer to the people who lead you uh that helps you with instinctive uh and and also keeping your eyes wide open Seeing what your leaders do, that, that helps you start to get instinctive because you watch them. Not creepy stalker way, but you're just watching because you're like, okay, I, w- I want to make sure that I have the right instincts here. And this is a, a, a lifetime thing. This is not something that, that you can learn in a week. This is something that you want to continue to work through. Okay, next one, innovative. It's not what we don't have. It's what we have. The enemy always wants to remind you of what you don't have. You don't have this in your marriage. You don't have this with your kids. You don't have this in your finances. You don't have this at your job. You don't have this as a church. You don't have this with kids ministry. You don't have this with youth ministry. You don't have this with our connect group thing. We don't have this area. We don't. We're in the. We're we're in the wrong place as a church. We got cows on either side of us. There's not people. You know, it just wants to remind of. And I find myself fighting this all the time. The enemy wants to remind me all the time of what I don't have. And I'm telling you, that is not the way God wants us to live. And it kills, what it kills is your innovation. Because when you start focusing on what you don't have, you will never see what you do have. And when you see what you do have, what happens in that moment is God says, this is what I can use to do a miracle. This is why Elijah said to the woman that was about to die because she and her son had no food. Uh, they were going to cook this last piece of bread and die. That's what she said. Elijah says, what do you have? What do you have? Jesus said the same thing to disciples when we were going to feed over 5,000 people, men and women and children. He asked, what do you have? And they immediately said, oh, we have nothing except. Why? Because the the devil wants to run in your mind. Oh, we don't have anything. We don't have anything. But God didn't ask you for nothing. He asked you for what you had. And so, and we have to remember what we 
have? What do you have? I know it might be just a little bit of money. I know it might be a little bit of time. I know it might be just a little bit of energy left. Do you feel like you've poured it out all day? What do you have? Because in that moment, that's when you get innovative. That's when you're like, okay, God, I'm giving you this last bit. And then all of a sudden, this kind of MacGyver leadership works through where if everybody's in seeing MacGyver, it's awesome. He breaks through like 18 uh, all locked up doors with a paper clip and a piece of tape. And it's just awesome. This is how God wants us to live with these little things that seem they're so insignificant, but God puts his hand on them and all of a sudden miracles start happening. So God help me to see what I do have because I want to be innovative. What do we do have as a church? What are things that we have in our hands right now? What are the things that God has blessed us with right now? There are things in our hands right now that we do not see because we think we have nothing, but God says you actually have something, and that's something. If you give it to me, I'll be able to do something that you have never even seen before, but we will keep hiding it from God because we are blinded by nothing. I have nothing, God. No, you you do have something. So So get really, really uh, huge detective eyes in your life. What do we have? We got something. Uh, it's not nothing. We've, we have something somewhere. And that's where the innovation happens. We want to be innovative leaders. So we don't come up and say, oh, I don't have anything. No, no, no. You, you got something. Something somewhere. Last one is inspiring. Can you rally people to a vision? We always need to inspire people to see something bigger than themselves. Before you ask somebody to be a part of something, be ready to paint a picture. I want you to be a part of this. This is what it could be. To inspire people to tap into what God's mission is for their lives always need to remind people why they're doing what they're doing. This is vision casting. Why do we do this as a family? Well, let me show you what kind of family we want to have. Why do we do this at our job? Well, let me show you what kind of culture we want to have at our job. Why why are we doing this at church? Let me show you what kind of church we want to be. Why why do you guys have uh, greeters out in the front of the church? Let me show you why, because there are people that are coming into church that maybe for the first time are coming to our church, and they've spilled their coffee on the way to church. They're late already. The person that invited them said, I'm going to be late, so that now they're extra nervous with no coffee and going to a brand new church feeling like man, why am I even doing this? And then the enemy starts piling on. You don't need to go to church. You don't need to give up this time. It probably should be better used as me time because you don't have a lot of you time right now. So you need to probably turn around, pull right out of this church and go somewhere else. The enemy starts working overtime on them. But for some reason, they got out of the church. They got out of their car and started walking to the church. And then all of a sudden, they saw not one, but they saw seven smiling faces waving at them, saying, so glad that you're here. 
here. How are you doing today? All of a sudden, the defenses start being broken down at that moment. And somebody actually got to meet them as they walked into the church. And they're like, man, I'm already meeting somebody and helping them to their seat. And then worship started happening. And they already started feeling like this is a place that they're supposed to be. That is what inspiring is because you can paint a picture. And you can show vision to people. Our why has to be really strong. That comes from inspiration. People need to be inspired before they work hard. So you got to be able to always just uh, thank God that you can show them what they need to do. That's awesome. But don't get the clipboard of fun out before you paint a picture of what this could be. Like, let, let's, let's see what, what could this church be? What could our family be? What could this job be? Let's, let's, let's keep that in front of us. And those, uh, those things, those seven eyes, I know I went a little over, but those will help you, and those will help me just be the best leader that we can be. Hey, church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.